What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, baseball is in full swing. It's not Major League Baseball, but baseball is in full swing. We get in that bug to turn on the TV and watch baseball all day long because we are blessed with the World Baseball Classic going on. That is that is the, the talk of the baseball world right now. We have games going on in Tokyo, in Taichung, and now we're about to get games going on in Phoenix and Miami. So, so far, it's just been Tokyo and Taichung. So let's talk a little bit about what's went on there. So Panama blanked Italy by a score of 2-0 to survive a must-win contest. It was a tight defensive pitcher's duel, and they had to win to keep their dreams of making it to Tokyo alive, while a loss by Italy would have put its back against the wall. So... That's actually what happened. Italy ended up losing. Now, Italy's backs are against the wall, but let's talk about what happened. It was a combination of four pitchers who put zeros on the board for Team Panama, starting with former minor league pitcher Harold Arauz. He went four innings, striking out three, giving up just two hits. Then Umberto Mejia went two more, and hard-throwing Alberto Baldonado went two more, and Javi Guerra closed things out in the ninth. For the most part, Italy's staff actually matched up with Panama's. Their starter, Michael Vassalotti, went four innings. He also struck out three and gave up just two hits. But one of those two hits was a mammoth home run with an even more mammoth bat flip by Dodgers prospect Jose Ramos. It was a big blast. But the Italians played incredible defense. I mean, it seemed almost every inning someone was making a run-saving play. Dominic Fletcher made a running Willie Mae-style catch in right field. Robel Garcia made a diving stab at third base and probably the best was Nicky Lopez with a full out dive and flip to start a rally killing double play in the fourth all three of those plays saved runs but the Panamanians were able to squeak out the win they also had you know they they also had a great defensive play from Ruben Tejada the former Met as many of you may remember but now at the World Baseball Classic Panama is two and two Italy is one and two and Italy has one game left against the Netherlands, and the Netherlands is 2-0. Technically, both teams are still alive in order to advance. Italy plays Netherlands on Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern. So it's possible because if you look at Pool A, Chinese Taipei and Cuba are also in Pool A. Chinese Taipei is 1-1, Cuba is 1-2. Each team faces the other in a, in a round-robin play. In the other four, they play, play the other four teams um, in a round-robin play because there are five teams per pool. And then the pool's winner and runner-up will advance to the quarterfinals in Tokyo. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, when you're watching the World Baseball Classic, thing is, you know, you're seeing a lot of major leaguers, guys that are familiar names. You're also seeing guys who are not familiar names. And that takes me to my next point, which is the Czech Republic. They are the darlings of this year's World Baseball Classic. You have a team that's comprised of teachers and firefighters and just guys from the Czech Republic, legitimately from Czech Republic, unlike other teams, like let's say Israel, who were just a bunch of American Jewish guys that actually are American baseball players. These are guys live in the Czech Republic and they're just in their communities, but they, they play baseball in their spare time. 
and they're out there and they won their first game against against China. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Getting a win on on a global stage like that. I know China's not a, a great baseball team, but it's it's pretty cool for for the Czech team. Czech Republic has another game against Japan, and that is going to be a tall task. Japan is two and zero. Shohei Otani has been the center of it all on the mound and at the plate as he normally does. He's been playing there in his home country. He's been playing there in Tokyo in front of his home fans. It's been pretty special to see. They're obviously they've obviously given him a hero's welcome out there. And the Netherlands is two and zero. So the Netherlands is two and zero. They look to continue their winning ways. They play Chinese Taipei. 6 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. Look to continue to roll. But pools A and B, like I said, two out in uh, Far East Asia, Taichung and Tokyo, those have been playing a few games already. But Phoenix and Miami will kick off on Saturday. So we have a, a pretty stacked slate of games for Saturday. You have the USA, the defending champion. The USA will play Great Britain on Saturday night. And... Venezuela and Dominican Republic will square off on Saturday night as well. There's an eight-game slate on Saturday, so you can watch as much WBC as you want, starting from 5 a.m. Eastern all the way until the last game at 11 p.m. Eastern. So there will always be something. So you have Great Britain versus USA. You have DR versus Venezuela. You have Nicaragua versus Puerto Rico at noon. If, if you remember, going back to the last... WBC in 2017. The MVP of the WBC was Marcus Stroman. He led Team USA to their first ever WBC championship. Well, he's back six years later, this time playing for Puerto Rico. And he earned the start in their opener. So he's going to pitch on Saturday at noon against Nicaragua. And hopefully his manager, Yadier Molina, has some experience dealing with with pitchers. Just kidding. Of course, it's Yadier. But he's going to face Brewers farmhand Carlos Rodriguez. And this is going to be Nicaragua's first ever WBC game. For a country with a rich history of baseball, it will truly be a historic day. And we also have Colombia versus Mexico, 2.30 p.m. on Fox. So they've got, they've got, they meaning Mexico, they've got the right pitcher on the mound. Team captain Julio Urias, complete with some incredible Mexico flag cleats. It's a primetime midday game on, uh, on, Fox, which is a primetime channel in the United States. So this is only the second WBC for Colombia. They have their hands full with Julio Arias and an extremely motivated Mexican team. So keep your eyes peeled for all the WBC action. In other news, the Nationals and their 24-year-old catcher, Kiebert Ruiz, have agreed to an eight-year contract extension worth $50 million. Kiebert Ruiz, eight years, 50. So this, this locks up this, this locks up a player that they consider to be their franchise catcher. They acquired him at the 2021 trade deadline as part of the blockbuster that sent Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. So Kiebert Ruiz and starter Josiah Gray came back to Washington in that deal. And... At the time, both of these guys were upper-level prospects, and Kiebert Ruiz looked to be Washington's primary catcher 
by the end of 2021. And after playing 23 games down the stretch, he got the nod as the opening day catcher last season. He played 112 games, tallied 433 plate appearances, although his season was cut short and he had to be hospitalized after he was hit in the groin area by a foul ball. But before that unfortunate conclusion, he actually hit 251 with a 673 OPS in his first season at the big league level. Those are not numbers that jump off the page at you, but you have to remember his offense was a little better than that of the average catcher because, you know, it's tough. You know, being a, being a strong hitting catcher is pretty rare. And if, if you're better than the average catcher already at the age of 23, 24, that's going to get you $50 million, as we just saw with Kiebert Ruiz. But putting the ball in play has been his calling card throughout his professional career. He's a Venezuelan native. He appeared among the top prospect lists for a few seasons while he was with the Dodgers. And scouts have always liked his hit tool, although the reviews on his power upside and defense were more average. So StatCast puts him at a slightly below average grade for pitch framing, but he's great at blocking and keeping the ball in front of him. He's not a finished product by any means. So remember that. He's 24. His rookie season was more or less... You know, something that fell in line with his prospect profile, what you kind of expected when he came up as a prospect, but he's not a finished product and he will continue to improve. So the Nats are surely hopeful he's going to tap into some more extra base power over time because he had 21 homers in 72 AAA games in 2021. And of course, that was definitely aided by a favorable offensive environment. I think he was out there in the Pacific Coast League, but that at least hints that he could hit double-digit homers at the big league level. So, shout-out to Kiebert Ruiz. He only had between one and two years of service time, so it's technically the third-largest guarantee for a player in that service bracket. He, Ryan Hayes, holds the official record with last spring's eight-year $70 million extension with the Pirates. And, yeah, so, there you go. It's... He, Brian Hayes... 70 million. Andrelton Simmons back in 2014, 58 million. Michael Harris last summer, eight years, 72 million. So technically, Harris had actually less than a year of service time. So, you know, it, it's not, he's, so, he's someone in a different bracket. He's even younger. He has an even bigger record in that sense. But Hebert Ruiz, between one and two years, the only people with, with bigger extensions were Brian Hayes and Andrelton Simmons. So he's going to be a catcher in Washington. I think the Nats are going to continue to audition younger players to hopefully join Kiba Ruiz in their core over the next couple of seasons. You're talking about shortstop CJ Abrams, left-hander Mackenzie Gore, and then you have some prospects who haven't debuted yet like James Wood and Robert Hassel. These guys joined the organization in deadline blockbuster deals. Then you have right-hander Kate Cavalli, former first-round pick and highly regarded pitching prospect. See, not everyone in this group will find success, of course, but right now there's no shortage of intriguing players that are going to try to establish themselves at Nationals Park over the coming seasons. That would, that's what they needed. Once they traded Juan Soto, it was clear that they were rebuilding, and you just have to rebuild from the ground up, start with a young core. And the Nationals have always been willing to spend money. So once you get your core in place, you'll then go out and get the free agents to complement that core and and take you back to the promised land. You have to remember... They won the World Series as recently as 2019. And they definitely want to get back there. 
So that is where we stand with things. Plenty of baseball going on right now. Those are our updates for today. But if you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.